high above 107 Columbia in the very heart of the Nipty Radio Recording Studios where it's warm and crispy while the snow begins to envelop all of Albany. Welcome to this edition of the Nipty Practice Tips. Today, we will be doing the third edition of five cases that you need to have at your fingertips when you are to go on trial. So, let's get started. We begin with number 11. You are not required to prove every fact alleged in a count as long as you prove a sufficient number of those alleged to sustain a conviction. In the Court of Appeals decision of People v. Rooney from 1982, the people alleged the defendant committed criminally negligent homicide in that the defendant operated a motor vehicle at an excessive rate of speed on the wrong side of the road while intoxicated and struck another vehicle. The defendant was also charged in a separate count of driving while intoxicated. The jury verdict acquitted the defendant of the separate count of intoxicated driving, but convicted him of the homicide charge. In upholding the homicide conviction, the court wrote, not every fact mentioned in an indictment is essential to establish the defendant's guilt of the crime charged. And thus, it is not necessary in every case that the people prove all acts alleged in the indictment when the remaining acts alleged are sufficient to sustain a conviction. In this case, the jury could have found that the defendant was criminally negligent when he drove the vehicle on the wrong side of the road while speeding, even though he may not have been intoxicated at the time. Next is number 12. Accessorial liability, commonly known as acting in concert, is not an element of any crime submitted to the jury. See Penal Law Article 20. If the defendant is charged in the accusatory instrument with a crime where it is alleged he or she was acting in concert and the jury determines the defendant was acting alone and was not aided by anyone, they may still convict the defendant of the substantive crime charged. Now, this is distinguished from those crimes where multiple individuals are a required element of the crime, which must be proved such as in robbery in the second degree, Penal Law 16010, Subdivision 1, where you must prove as an element the defendant was aided by another person actually present. Now, since acting concert is not an element, it is technically not required to be charged in an indictment in order for you to present evidence of the conduct of a co-defendant who aided the defendant in committing the crime. Now, clearly, there are some limitations to this general statement, so please be sure to see the material on accessorial liability and acting in concert. In People v. Rivera, a New York Court of Appeals decision from 1995, the court held, The principal issue here is whether the trial court erred in permitting the prosecution to pursue an accessorial liability theory at trial and in charging the jury on that theory where the indictment charged the defendant only as a principal actor. We hold that the charge was proper and we affirm the order of the appellate division, which upheld the conviction. Here is some practical advice on dealing with this acting in concert. If you intend to present evidence of the conduct of another person or persons in furtherance of the crime, and your indictment does not contain the language of accessorial liability, acting in concert, you should inform the defense as part of your discovery bill of particulars so the defense cannot make a claim of surprise and convince the trial court 
that you should be precluded from presenting such evidence as a sanction for your discovery violation. Next, we move on to lucky number 13, Miranda, not Miranda. When the primary issue surrounding your proffered evidence is the sufficiency of the connection or link to the defendant or the crime, the case of People v. Miranda, a 1969 Court of Appeals decision, is the cornerstone case with which you should become familiar. In this murder case, a pair of sunglasses were found on the road near the scene of the crime, where two men running from the crime scene had almost been hit by a car. A witness who had observed the defendant and his co-perpetrator fleeing from the crime scene testified one of them was wearing sunglasses. A former co-defendant who testified for the people stated he had a pair of sunglasses like the ones found and had offered his pair to the defendant. He was not sure if the defendant had taken them or exactly when he had discovered they were missing. The Court of Appeals held the admission of this evidence was proper. The court wrote, the admissibility of these glasses into evidence was dependent solely on whether they were sufficiently connected with the defendant to be relevant to an issue in the case. The test for admissibility of this type of object is an evaluation of how close is the connection between the object and the defendant. If it is not so tenuous as to be improbable, it is admissible, as is any other evidence which is relevant to an issue in the prosecution. The admission of this item into evidence is not dependent, as is a conviction based solely on circumstantial evidence, upon a showing that the evidence adduced permits only one inference. Though the glasses were of a common variety, the possibility that they were dropped on the roadway by someone other than the defendants was not so great as to make their introduction irrelevant. Next is number 14. The description of a perpetrator given by a witness to a law enforcement officer is not considered hearsay when that officer repeats the description as part of his or her testimony. As you know, the description that the victim or witness gave to the law enforcement officers describing the perpetrator of a crime is admissible when the civilian testifies a trial to that description. This is known as the Huertas Rule from the case of People v. Huertas, a 1990 Court of Appeals decision. Also be aware that the officer to whom the description was given by the civilian may also testify to that description given to him or her. This is the decision in People v. Smith, a 2013 Court of Appeals decision. The court wrote, We held in the People v. Huertas decision that a crime victim could testify to her own description of her attacker given to the police shortly after the crime. We now hold that a police officer's testimony to a victim's description, where it does not tend to mislead the jury, may also be admissible under the Huertas rule. Now, this testimony adds significant credibility to the civilian witness by having the description documented by the police, and in most cases, before the defendant is taken into custody, and then can be fairly compared to the defendant's actual appearance by the jury. And most importantly, this is not considered hearsay evidence. Now our final case for today, number 15. If your opening statement is legally insufficient, the court should not dismiss the case. In the decision in People v. Kurtz, a 1980 Court of Appeals decision, the assistant DA made a defective opening statement and the trial court dismissed the case. 
The people appealed and the Court of Appeals held that before dismissing the information, the trial judge not only failed to inform the prosecutor of the nature of the defect in his opening, but denied him the opportunity to correct this deficiency before permitting the trial to go forward. Such action was an abuse of discretion contrary to law. The Court of Appeals also noted in both Kurtz and the case of Matter of Anthony L., a 1988 decision, the well-settled rule in criminal jury cases is that a trial court may not dismiss after opening unless it shall appear from the statement that charges cannot be sustained under any view of the evidence, and it may dismiss then only after the prosecutor has been given an opportunity to correct any deficiency. The court held in Kurtz that there was no double jeopardy despite the defective opening and dismissal by the trial court because the trial court abused its discretion in not allowing the prosecutor to cure the error. Please be sure to see in PE various memos that will be helpful in expanding on these five issues we've discussed today. As always, our thanks to our crack producer and shoveler of snow, Jonathan Marconi Crispino. To all of you out there, be well, stay warm, and be ready, my friends. We'll be right back. 